بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد نسلی اللہ رسول الکریم اما بعد الحمد للہ ٹوڈے از دا نائنتھ آف اپریل ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزینڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی تھری going through the commentary of the Blessed Surah Al-Hajj. And I've reached verse 27. So to spend the session on this blessed verse. So verse 27. Hawadhi billahi minash shaitan rajeem. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. And call out the Hajj amongst mankind. They will come to you on foot and mounted on every kind of camel. Lean on account of journeys through deep and distant mountainous highways so here like i mentioned last week allah ta'ala has now given the instruction to ibrahim and his son to, to raise the qab and now he's told to proclaim the hajj so here is a few reports in mariful quran volume 6 page 261 and also in Baghavi and Ibn Abi Hatim, Qurtubi and Tafsir Mazhari. Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, he is told, Adhin bil hajj, call out the hajj amongst mankind. Adhin fin nasi bil hajj. Abdullah ibn Abbas, he explained, radiyallahumma, that when Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam was commanded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make the call, he said that the place where he stood was an uninhabited, desolate plain with nobody to hear the proclamation where is he liked the means to convey it to the populated areas. So Ibrahim looked around, there's nobody about, not a soul to be seen. So he goes, oh my Lord, he goes, first of all, who's going to hear this? And I haven't got the strength to tell the whole world. Allah the Almighty then told him that he was only required to make the call and the responsibility for convey it, conveying it to the four corners of the world rested with himself. Thereupon Ibrahim والسلام, stood on the maqam of Ibrahim and he made the call. And Allah the Almighty magnified his voice so that it was heard all around the world. It is also related that he made the call from the top of the Mount Abu Qubis. He put his fingers in his ears, turned his face in the four directions and he called out, O mankind, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has established his house and made it obligatory upon you to make hajj to it. So obey the command of your Lord. It is also mentioned In this narration, that Allah the Almighty decreed that the announcement was heard miraculously all over the world, not only by the people living then, but also by all those yet to be born till the day of resurrection. And all those who were destined to perform Hajj responded to the call with Labbaik, Allahumma Labbaik. Abdullah ibn Abbas, he says that the Talbiyah during the Hajj has its origin in this response to the call of Ibrahim.
So this is the report. So simply put, he is told to call out to mankind to come and perform the Hajj. And he either stands on the Maqam or on Mount Abu Qubis. There's ikhtilaf there. And he puts his fingers in his ears. Now what's interesting? Allah says, The word Adhan. And when a person does an Adhan, he puts his fingers in his ears. So this is the Sunnah of Ibrahim. And he faced all the different directions. And he called the people to the Hajj. His voice was heard by everybody in the world at the time, but also those who were yet to be born. And the proof that you heard it is that if you go to Hajj, you said, Labbaik, Allahumma Labbaik. And Ibn Abbas said, this is why we say those words in the Ihram. Labbaik, Allahumma Labbaik, Labbaik, La Sharika Lak Labbaik, Inna Alhamda, Wa Ni'mata Lak Wal Mulk, La Sharika Lak. So note, this is the meaning according to the great Ibn Abbas. And also, Abdullah ibn Abbas also said, this is in Ibn Abi Hatim, Tafsir Baghwi. To his call responded every person who was even unborn in the backs of males and the wombs of women. The first to respond to the call were the people of Yemen. So everybody responded. But Ibn Abbas said the first were the people of Yemen. So now why is that interesting? Because you've got hadith. In Sayyid Bukhari, number 4387, Sayyid Muslim, number 51, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, he relates that the Prophet said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Iman is here, and he pointed with his hand in the direction of Yemen. So the Prophet praised the people of Yemen because Iman is there. And also, in Sayyid Bukhari, number 4388, Sayyid Muslim, number 52, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa The people of Yemen have come to you. They are soft and tender of heart. Iman is Yemeni and wisdom is Yemeni. So this was tremendous honor for the people of Yemen. But why did the Prophet praise them? And maybe it goes back to this. The first to respond to goodness were the people of Yemen. There's an honor for them that they were the ones who first responded to the announcement of Ibrahim And also, in terms of some of the, the history. So, first of all, to point out how many times did Ibrahim go to Makkah? Because don't forget, he didn't live there. So the scholars point out there was five times. The first time he traveled to Makkah is where he left his wife and his son in preparation for building the house sometime in the future. So we mentioned that. He left Bibi Hajar and Ismail command of Allah. The second time was about 11 years late when Ismail was told to be sacrificed. That's the second. The third and fourth time he actually went to Makkah, but he didn't meet his son. He left his message to him with each of his wives. Famous hadith. He didn't see his son. He went twice, but he talked to his wives. The fifth time is when he came to build the house and to institute the rites of Hajj. So this is important. Why? Because when you don't have that knowledge, you think, did he do all this in one go? And the response is, you've got everything mixed up. He went five times. Another question people pose. 
How did he go there? Because there's a lot of traveling from Palestine to uh, Makkah. And the hadith in Fatal Bari authentic says he went on the Burak. <laughs> Allah Ta'ala gave him the Burak which was used by all the prophets and he was there very quickly. He would come there, tend the Burak and then do what he had to do. So this hadith which I'm going to mention is the hadith of the fifth visit where he's going to build the Kaab. The hadith is in Sayyid Bukhari, number 3364-5, Ahmad in his Musnad, number 9107, Behaki in his al Iman, number 3184-5, and Sunan al-Qubra, number 8380. When Ibrahim arrived, alayhi salatu was salam, Ismail alayhi salatu was salam was sitting under a bush, not far from Zamzam, sharpening his arrows. So look how interesting. He's under the shade, because it was very hot, obviously. And why is he sharpening arrows? Because he was a hunter. And his aim was never missed. You know, he was a tremendous archer. Ibrahim saw his son and he saw him. He rose to him in haste and they met each other as fathers meet sons. Ibrahim said, O Ismail, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordered me to do something. The son replied, do as your Lord bids you. He asked, will you help me? He said, yes, I shall certainly help you. Ibrahim says, Allah commands me to build him a house here. And he pointed to the small rise. Then they raised the foundations of the house. Ismail fetched the stones and Ibrahim did the building. When the building had risen, he brought a stone and placed it for him so he could stand on it as he built the Kaaba. Whilst Ibrahim, whilst Ismail handed over the stones one by one, they were constantly saying, Rabbana taqabbal minna innaka anta sami'un alim. In Surah Baqarah. But this is the report in Bukhari. But in Al-Faqihi, Akhbar Makkah, number 964, Obey Ibn Qa'ab, who said, Jibreel brought the maqam and placed it under Ibrahim alayhi feet. So there's an ikhtilaf. In Bukhari it mentions that the stone was brought by Ismail But Obey said Jibreel actually brought that maqam where the footprint was miraculously etched of Ibrahim The hadith in Al-Faqihi, Akhbar Makkah, number 973. Those who come to the Hajj to this day are those who answered Ibrahim each according to the number of times he or she responded with the talbiyah. This is interesting. Some people only go for one hajj. So why did they only go for one hajj? Because they only responded once to Ibrahim If you go for two hajjs, you've responded twice. If you go for 40, you've responded 40 times. So if you've been a few times, that means you were honored to respond a couple of times, according to this report mentioned here. And also, Ibn Abbas was asked, This is in Ahmed in his Musnad, number 2707, 9478, Tabarani in his Kabir, number 10628, Al-Hayatimi in Majma Az-Zawaid, 3-259. And he states authentic. Abdullah Ibn Abbas was asked, Do you know how the Talbiyah began? They said, No. He said, When Ibrahim was commanded to summon the people for the Hajj, the mountains lowered their heads for him, whilst the towns were raised for him. Then he called the people to the Hajj. So something miraculous happened. 
the mountains lowered themselves and the towns lay so he could see all the world literally and he made the announcement now what's interesting the talbiya labbek allahumma labbek means here i am at your service this seems to be the exact equivalent of ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam's words in the bible what does he say in the bible in genesis 22-1 he said behold here i am However, in the Semitic language, such as Arabic, it sounds more spontaneous, powerful, and dignified. Look how interesting. You've got the remnants of the truth in the Bible. He said, behold, here I am. But in Arabic, it's labbik, I am here. So you've actually got, you know, verification of these incidents in the previous scripture. Also, So if you look at the verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions and proclaim the hajj amongst mankind. They will come to you on foot. So here it mentions the hadith is in Behaki uh, in Shu'ab al-Iman number 3908. Abdullah ibn Abbas he regretted not having performed hajj on foot. It is related that he grieved. He said, I do not regret missing anything in this world as much as I regret and grieve over not performing Hajj in my youth such that old age has now overtaken me. Despite me having read this verse and he recited the verse, they will come to you walking on foot and on every lean camel traveling from every distant road. So let's look at this. So here, Abdullah ibn Abbas, he got old and he also lost his sight. And he was grieving. What was he grieving? He goes, I should have done a hajj in my youth. So obviously he did a few hajjs. What was he referring to? Because he goes, I didn't go on foot. I haven't got the strength now. And he goes, Allah mentions going on foot first in the verse before mentioning conveyance. So he grieved over not being able to perform that deed because of his old age. In another report, it mentions Al-Haytami in Majma Al-Zawaid, Volume 3, page 480, number 5278. Ibn Abbas ordered his son to perform walking hajj. So he told his son, who was one of the greatest worshippers, Ali Ibn, Ibn Abbas. He was called the, the, the great worshipper. He goes, go to hajj on foot, my son. He goes, in other words, maybe I'll get the reward if you go. I, my son. So now, in another report it mentions, so this is recorded in Bazar, Tabarani, in his Ausat and Kabir, and the Hadith has some problems in the chain. However, some of the scholars stated it's authentic. Abdullah ibn Abbas, he said, in Al-Haytami, in Majma Az-Zawaid, number 5278 as well, he said to his son, O my son, proceed from Makkah, walking for Hajj, and after fulfilling the rituals, return walking to Makkah. So stop in the report. So he told his son, literally, walk all the way to Hajj. And when you're doing your rituals between Mina, Arafat, Muzdalifa, walk and go back walking to Makkah. Because I've heard Rasulullah say, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the Haji who performs Hajj on a conveyance, transport, he receives 70 rewards on each step that he takes. But the haji who performs walking hajj 
will receive 700 rewards on each step that he takes. He was then asked about the virtuous deeds of the Haram. And the Prophet said, each virtuous deed is equal to 100,000 virtuous deeds. So let's look at this. So Abdullah ibn Abbas told his son, go to Hajj on foot, do all the rituals on foot. Get it? Why? Because for each step, you will get 10 times more than the one who goes on transport. So how much rewards will you get if you do pay the Hajj? 70 million good deeds for each step. 70 million good deeds for each step. So think about it. Yes, it's, it's not easy. It's difficult. So now question. Obviously, we can't walk from the European continent to Makkah. You, you could argue you probably could, but very few of us could do that. But this also applies to the Hajj rituals. So yes, obviously, you go on the plane, you get on the transport, but as soon as you get there, you should try to walk between the, the monastic, eye, the, the rituals, to get some of these virtues, which I mentioned. And like I mentioned, refer to Haramain Sharifain, Fada'il wa Ada, page 153. Some scholars have graded the Hadith Sahih and some have graded it Hasan. So again, we shouldn't find this strange because you're in the Haram. So now, another thing which is very important. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he performed Hajj on a conveyance. So the scholars point out that this is the best. The Prophet went on conveyance. So the problem is, if it was the best, why didn't he walk? So the scholars point out because he didn't want hardship for his ummah. Ibn Abbas, obviously, you know, he was saying that individually I wanted to do it. He didn't want everybody else. He told his son because he was strong. So there's no contradiction. The Prophet did it on transport a camel, but that was to make things easy, i.e. for the ummah. Who, who said that? Hafiz ibn Kathir said in his tafsir, the majority are of the view that performing hajj whilst riding is better, following the example of Rasulullah, because he performed hajj riding, although his physical ability was sound. So Ibn Kathir said Rasulullah was still healthy when he was doing the hajj. So you can't use the excuse he was ill or he was weak because he was still sound. So most scholars said to use transport is fine. And also with regards to this verse, is an interesting report. In Ibn Jarir in his tafsir, Mujahid Rahmatullah, they said, those, cons- those coming to perform the Hajj used to come to Makkah on foot, not riding their camels or horses. This act of theirs, it was for this reason Allah Ta'ala sent down this verse, wherein he commanded them to carry with them their provision, food and water, and made for them riding their animals and trading aloud. So what is simply happening? The people initially thought that it's, you should walk. You should make it as difficult as possible. You shouldn't take any provisions with you. You should put your trust in Allah and there's no trade. You're doing Hajj. So Allah Ta'ala revealed this verse saying, you can walk, you can go on transport, take provision with you. That's not, you know, there's no problem with that. And you can also trade. So not some people due to their, you know, high percent of piety. They were trying to make things more difficult, but Allah Ta'ala was making things easy. And this was the reason for the revelation of this verse. So the verse reads, And call out the Hajj amongst mankind. They will come to you on foot and on every kind of camel, lean on account of journeys through deep and distant mountain highways. So here, note, the history was to do with Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. 
And the commentary, of course, is from the glorious prior's predecessors. And Alhamdulillah, those of you who've done Hajj, we have responded to the call of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. So I'll decide the best, and we will conclude. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وأذن في الناس بالحج يأتوك رجالا وعلى كل ضامر يأتين من كل فج عميق We pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he makes the Quran the Rabi of our hearts and I pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he gives us to any else which I get in verse 2 Thank <laughs> you.